0: last time about conflict Mm -hmm. and i told you that um, for me whenever i read about conflict for me i thought it was argument it was anger Mm -hmm. similarly there is a word that i keep reading uh, is about exposition Okay. okay now what is an exposition
1: okay I'll take that topic together with metaphor because uh, even during my classes I realised that many students were getting confused with exposition and metaphor. Let's say there is this character called uh, Johnny who is a very egoistical maniac and narcissist of the worst kind. And one of his employee has created a big blunder which has cost him millions now johnny is sitting in his office behind his desk and the employee comes and johnny is probably having an orange juice and you show that johnny crushes the glass now that is kind of a way to communicate to the audience without dialogues or uh, strong uh, reactions from the uh, characters that what is going on in the head of johnny and now behind johnny if there is a uh, poster of hitler that coupled with this confirms to the audience what kind of person this is Now that is exposition, any background information that becomes part of your uh, scene, which the audience is witnessing uh, and they come to know something about the characters, that is exposition. Now Johnny's crushing the glass, the Hitler poster, these are a way to convey to the audience what kind of person he is and what he is feeling. But imagine that you cut from that scene, the employee has come, Johnny glances at him and you cut from there and somewhere far away in some island, there's a volcano, lava bursting out. Now that is a metaphor because you have drawn a parallel to what Johnny is going through. Not necessarily every time to draw a parallel, you have to go uh, into a disconnected scene. But if it serves a purpose, fair enough. But in, uh, especially in comedy, uh, this kind of things have been shown a lot. Uh, But uh, people often misunderstand uh, exposition and uh, they mix it up, exposition and metaphor. Metaphor is more of a poetic touch towards uh, telling the audience what is going on in the scene in a very uh, aesthetic, poetic way. Exposition is revelation of who the character is, what is thinking, without the help of dialogues and all that. Of course, the character has an action. Johnny can get up and say, you're fired. That is an action of the character. Johnny says it, that is a dialogue. Beyond all that, when you have shown these subtle things which gives the audience an idea of what is going on directly, then it is an exposition. With In a poetic, aesthetic way, drawing a parallel to the situation, it's a metaphor. That
0: comes in a film, like what you just explained to me.
1: No, I think it started in literature. Any poetry is incomplete with a metaphor, and uh, any novel would have mi- an abundance of metaphor. You read a novel where uh, the author says her skin is pi- peach.
0: Peaches and peen. So then, That's
1: a the author is tra- drawing a parallel. And uh, telling you, and I think novel writing cannot possibly happen or poetry for that matter, without metaphor. Films, very few people uh, use it and uh, these days it is called visual metaphor and all that. But metaphor is metaphor anyways, so... Mm. How to use metaphors to enhance a
0: narrative? Like, I think when you said uh, author writes that her skin is like peaches and green, I am confusing it again with describing her skin.
1: But it was by drawing a parallel to something that the audience already knows. Explosion of a lover, audience understands what it is. You are drawing a parallel with that by telling what this person is going through. Okay,
0: so when we talk, about the skin that's probably coming. I'm only asking this pertaining to writing, mm, mm. not writing a screenplay for a film or something. But when you're explaining how your uh, the girl is, that's like drawing a picture in front of them by saying peaches and cream that she is a fair-skinned girl. Okay. But in a narrative. So that became her introduction of her looks. Okay. Now when they actually come into the story, Mm-hmm. Then how do I use a metaphor to enhance my narrative?
1: Depends upon story to story, but let me attempt it. I think there is uh, this film called Piasa. If I recall right, I know that that scene is there. I think it is in Pyasa by Gurudat. Okay. He's troubled by... as a hero, he goes through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations and uh, he comes to a point where he's a filmmaker. He comes back to the studio and uh, he's standing with his arms touching the edges of the door and looking into the dark uh, studio with light behind him. Now you can't see the hero because he's not facing the light. You just see a silhouette of a man. If you have seen that film and the story, you know that he, it depicts the darkness that he's looking into because he has gone into such a level of depression. He cannot come out of it. He's facing away from uh, the light is turned his face around, is turned away from the light and looking into the darkness because after that, that character is never going to emerge out of his darkness. So now that is a visual metaphor. That scene could have happened in a very simple way. As a storyteller, your job was to say what this character was depressed. You can have shown him as drinking alcohol and... uh, perhaps uh, getting frustrated, hitting something, there were many ways to say that, show them. But the director chose that particular way of presenting it. Now, not necessarily the audience will get it every time, but when they get it, it creates a big impact.
0: It's a very beautiful example and I have seen that scene and... I think uh, after that starts a song also, mm. but again, that film is a very visual medium. I want to know now the same, uh, the same scene, because it's a visual medium and mm. I am writing. How would I bring in the same visual metaphor in my writing? I mean, if you had to uh, write a paragraph about the same situation, and it should be the same scene but it should come in a book in a written format then how would i write it or how can i write it
1: so you don't want the description which you are aware that happens in the novel writing okay you don't want the visual filmmaking approach you want a particular scene to be uh, converted into a metaphorical... Yes, a particular
0: scene, let's take this scene only because I absolutely love this scene. So, if I had to write it... Which one? This same scene that like he comes and he stands with his hands near the door. And
1: I think that even in books and words will come the same way. Let's go into your story. Okay, now... There is a reason Your are Okay, for me your old story is a metaphor that's why I got interested in it. Okay, the very journey of the hero and everything that happens to him is a metaphorical way to tell him that he's wrong. So that was the beauty of that story. I think you shouldn't bother about the scene. Your story is a metaphor Uh, but Uh, let's just take another random story where uh, but
0: but before you go into the random story can I just tell you that I I did not know that my whole story is like a metaphor I never looked but when you
1: narrated it the first time you shared it the first time that was what I could see in it okay and that is how I think it has been developing uh, lately also with all the elements and things that you are talking about it's coming there. Uh, I think... Uh, let's take this story called Shack. I think you only had shared it with me. Uh, if you can just r- rush through the st- story. Yeah,
0: It's a very beautiful book that I read.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a story about a father who... <clears throat> Loses his daughter, as in the daughter is kidnapped right in front of his eyes. And uh, they try to find her, search for her. And they they don't actually know what happened. And uh, then they come to know that there is a serial killer. But they don't find the girl's body. So he is not sure whether the kid is dead or not. And then he goes into this whole trauma. Which... uh, The family is into a trauma. The whole family is in trauma. But he is more into it. And one day he gets a letter. Mm. And the letter is signed by God. Mm -hmm. And he thinks he is going crazy. So without telling his family. He just confides in one friend. And uh, he decides to go on this trip. And uh, on this trip. When he is actually going to the place. He sent his wife and the... Kids away and he's gone to this trip. He meets with an accident mm. on the road. Uh, His truck swivels and, you know, he comes to a halt, but he still drives on, and uh, he reaches this place and then he actually <clears throat> meets the Holy Trinity. Mm. So through this Holy Trinity, which is God and the Spirit and our Father, And it's very nice because God, usually people think it's a male figure, but in this is a woman. Mm -hmm. So, this entire journey of... So, who
1: are these three people? One is God.
0: One is God. One is Jesus Christ. And Mm -hmm. one is the Spirit. So, basically, our father... So, the father is being played... Our father, people generally think is the God. So, our father is being played by a woman and Jesus Christ, and the Holy Trinity, the Spirit. So these are the three people whom he meets and spends a week, and learns many things in life, happens to meet his daughter, comes to know that the daughter is dead, uh, sees her, and in the end the book reveals that, uh, you know, the accident that he had was actually an accident, and he was in the hospital. And then the book is in a question mark. So, we don't know if it happened for real or what. Or was it his imagination? But it was revealed very late and towards the end of the book. So, the whole journey, we think it's real. And I start to believe that yeah, it is real.
1: Okay. So, let's look at the idea of Trinity as God. If the storytellers of the world wanted to give the uh, humans a concept of God, it could have been easily uh, achieved by having the Father God, right? Why create the Son God? uh, Even if they created the Son God, it could have still been achieved by Father and Son God. Why create this Holy Spirit as the third angle?
0: I never dwelt so deeply
1: into Okay, so the way I see it is that universe is governed by polarities uh, duality but I feel that that is not the case. Uh based on whatever I've read, of course, uh, and what I've understood and all that. uh, We see things in pair, you know, day, night, light, darkness, and everything else that we could uh, see, addition, subtraction, uh, joy, uh, sorrow, pain, pleasure, Everything is in in a combination with the opposite. A lot of these things we see as black and white. Either it is pain or a pleasure. But the only message that I get from these stories and uh, scriptures and all that is that the idea of Trinity It's not just in Christianity or uh, Islam or Hinduism. It is everywhere, irrespective of uh, any religion or any holy scripture. The idea of Trinity was a clear message that beyond the darkness and light, there is a place called cusp where the darkness and the light meets. Beyond black and white, There is a place called grey and world is a combination of all three. You can't divide yourself on either side of it, which Gautam Buddha had rightly put. There is no, any extreme is wrong. The middle way is the right way. So for us to dwell into our lives, to understand the meaning of life and to take on, on any journey that we uh, pursue, we need to go with that understanding that there will be black, white and grey. Things cannot always be black and white. Now that has been tried, I mean the storytellers have tried to instill in us that understanding that we don't grasp it is a different story by itself. But The idea of trinity, even in Hindu, Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh, one is a creator, one is a destroyer and there is a middle one. The idea of trinity is that you can't be on extremes. The middle is equally important. There will be situations in life where you'll have to take a stand to the extreme, but you'll have to always center back to the middle path. And that is the only way to pursue your life. That is how I see it. So, <clears throat> that for me is a metaphor. Now, there is another story called uh, Life of Pi, uh, where the whole story is about a young boy being stranded in a, with a tiger in a boat in a vast ocean. Now, it was beautifully depicted in a movie and uh, as good as the book itself. But that is also a metaphor. The tiger was a metaphor. The tiger was the culmination and the sum of all his fears. And he was fighting his fear. That entire story is a metaphor.
0: Beautiful.
1: If you are lost in a sea, you have left your home, you are going to an unknown place and in between you are stranded, what would you go through? And you are young, not in a position to... Fight your battens yet, you would be afraid. Why else would every one, uh, every other passenger, is killed? Only the tiger and the boy survives. It could have been very easily a castaway situation with the only the boy surviving. Why the tiger being there? The tiger was the storyteller's way of saying how. Uh, uh, the boy copes with his fears. At first he's scared. Then he befriends. He accepts it. And th- that's how the story develops. So metaphor is any... Uh, it doesn't have to be a disconnected scene. It could be well woven in within the scene itself.
0: See for me when I started to write, I did not know... Anything about the craft of storytelling.
1: Which is a good thing.
0: And that is how I started flowing. How we would write a composition in school. That is how I started. uh, But of course, discussing it with you for the past couple of years, my story has enhanced a lot.
1: Okay, I would like to add here. You know, we both are fans of Godfather. Now, Godfather Mario Puzo wrote the, I think, classic crime novel at the time and then he was approached for a, a movie rights and, you know, asked to write a screenplay. From what I have read and all that, Mario Puzo actually wrote the screenplay without knowing what screenplay was. Okay. Much later after the film was released, and you know, he had actually pursued screenwriting, like workshops and whatever lectures, and tried to actually delve into what, screen, what goes into screenwriting. But his very first script was not a, craft, a study in craft of screenwriting. And we know today history is proof that uh, that screenplay is being used as an example to teach other students what screenwriting should be. So time and again it only confirms my belief that uh, storytelling is more intrinsic trait, uh, a real talent than a skill. A talent that is there in you, you have to just unlock.
0: i give you full credit in unlocking that talent. And I'm still not ready to go into any class. Still I sit for your classes where you're teaching the craft of uh, storytelling or uh, screenplay writing. And my mind is still stubborn that I don't want to get into the craft because that will just mar my imagination and I'll get stuck in the rules. So am I going the right way or am I going the wrong
1: way? Uh, I'll cite an example about this. Why, if I am so against the craft, am I teaching the craft? Because there is, uh, I'll blame it on Gautam Buddha, because uh, there was an incident in Gautam Buddha's life where um, he and a disciple was crossing a well, on a journey. And the disciple asked Gautam Buddha that everything he says is, contradicting and paradoxical and uh, some days he says you know, death is an eventuality some days he says you know live your life to the fullest uh, what is it, it that one needs to do there were cases when Gautam but the cited uh, metaphors to convey that you know the one who bends he survives like a grass and the tree uh, the strong tree would be uprooted by the wind, by the storm. But at the same time, on other days, during his discourse, he would reveal that uh, it's better to live a lion's life for one day than being a goat for the rest of your life. So the disciple was completely confused. And I asked uh, Gautam Buddha, What am I supposed to take from it? You say everything. And Gautam Buddha said, What happens when uh, you are walking on a path and you're struck with a thorn? You take another thorn and you pluck the thorn off your skin. The disciple said, Yes, fair enough, I would do that. And Gautam Buddha said, What would you do with the thorns? He said, I would throw it away. Which one? Both. Why? Because what would I do with the thorn? It has served its purpose. I would throw it away. That is what Gautam Buddha said to the disciple. That is how every concept is. Take, use them when it serves you. Discard them when it doesn't. I think that is how we should take concepts because we should understand this. Every concept was an interpretation by another human being. It is not written in stone. It can have its flaw. You know? Now, if it is serving a purpose, use it by all means. If it is not, discard it.
0: Today, I can sum it up that I am very, very happy. I will come up with many more new questions. I am waiting for it. When I go back and review my story again, start writing it.
1: Yeah, I am looking forward to it.